0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join me on a capital in lockdown, however, lots of sunshine, uh, which is rather a tease. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Andrew Horn, Managing Director of Cascon, a building and construction services firm located in Kent. Andrew, Hello. Hello there. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on the program today. Um, We'd be remiss if we didn't start this uh, program off with uh, just discussing the ongoing coronavirus uh, situation. Um, How has it affected your business?
1: Um, Well, we're pretty much on lockdown here as well. Um, We had an initial stage where we kept going, but until about um, three or four days ago, we've actually stopped everything now. In response to the um, general situation, which is obviously uh, extremely concerning,
0: it is absolutely so. You've you've stopped work at this point in time. There, there has been a yeah. lot of um, a lot of discussion uh, about construction firms continuing to work throughout this time, but you've taken the proactive yeah. step to shut down yourselves.
1: Yes, I think it was um, the most important thing to do, considering everything and. Um, you know, the general consensus, I think it is very hard to stay in the right distances from one another mm. uh, logistically. So it's probably preferable for us. Um, and, um, yeah, we, <laughs> but it, it's, a, it's a rather full sort of situation.
0: Now, is this a time um, which you could use for planning for the future or is this kind of just lost time for you?
1: Um, no i mean it has to be looked at in a positive way uh, uh, and uh, i think in the future we're going to I mean, this could, gives us an opportunity to consolidate in terms of um planning ahead and um it it but a lot of it is conjecture because obviously you don't know uh, the future so 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 um it's um we're sort of regrouping uh, as as you can imagine
0: um, um, absolutely. Uh, Do you think that this is going to have a long term effect on your business?
1: I think that's very likely. Uh in in the in the general outlook uh that we have, um, uh we'll certainly uh, be impacted by uh some of the legislation that's undoubtedly uh, about to sort of uh step in that I'm sure will be long term and uh, will affect us as all things have I mean, for example, the well, the obvious impact of uh, environmental concerns, uh, particularly because um, the construction industry is the one that, uh, as an industry, uh, is responsible for an awful lot of um, detrimental waste potentially. Um, so yeah, there are there are a lot of logistical features that uh, I'm sure will kick in, but it, it is a bit of an unknown, of and um, that is the uh, you know, that's the anxiety element.
0: Well, let's move on to our uh, main topic of conversation, which is leadership. Uh, I always like to start this conversation off with a very simple question that sometimes has a rather complex answer. What does the word leader mean to you?
1: Well, leader for me is informed by my background because um, as uh, odd as it might sound, I started, I'm, I'm 59. In my early 20s, I was a, a Hindu Vaishnav monk, spent a lot of time in India. And At that time, um, things like mindfulness was rather un, unheard of or not so uh, well, people weren't so well-informed as they are nowadays. But I feel that, that has actually informed um, my uh, involvement whenever I've been in charge of anything. And... Um, so it uh, it uh, it started off in a kind of uh, mm-hmm. you might say a spiritual way, but I think that, that can feed into the way that you deal with people.
0: Do and, you still uh, operate on the, uh, on those uh, in that manner?
1: It has to be inclusive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. But I, I, I think some people don't get that. But I think uh, you to to harness. The inspiration uh, and the ideas um, of your team is where the success is. That's the that is the momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's where everything focuses, and that's where you get the energy that is. I forget the saying, the same saying that the, the sum of the parts uh, is greater than. The, um, sorry, well, <laughs> I should have brushed up on that before. But uh, uh, the basically, of the parts then you is have. Ah yes, yes. It, so it's it's something you get, thank you. It becomes um surprisingly um a sort of catalytic effect. If you could, if you if everyone is involved and if if you can I I think the key to that is in human res technically what you call human resources, but essentially understanding the individual's mm. issues and getting into it on on a personal basis. So you get the people uh, in your team that are capable to do that, or you're doing it yourself. Um, but I would say that that constitutes um, a happy team, and a happy team is going to give you uh, the the um, energy and drive that is needed to uh, um, push forward in an innovative way on all sides. So I think that's the key for me. That that that's that's been my a modus operandi. <laughs>
0: Now, do you and, have any sort of mentorship uh, I, programs within your business to pass on this knowledge to your staff?
1: It, well, it, uh, we're, we're, it's a small team. About, at the moment, it is a small team. So, um, you know, uh, the on-site manager and then you know the construction workers and so on. But it's not a big team. But I'm I'm, I'm ambitious. Um, I don't know if you've noticed. You'll see in, in uh, our registration that the company actually started. Um, only just over a year ago, and um although i've been in <clears throat> property on on a private basis before that um, but that was just in investment but uh, my I'm ambitious because I have been in charge of um, uh, larger groups of people in my running my event space prior to the uh, construction company um which was um an art gallery and events based in um, in Harfordshire, which is about three and a half thousand square feet. So uh, there there's a lot of people prior to that in the voluntary organization I was uh, in before that. Um, I was in charge of a sales force of about 40 people. So I, I, um, I'm speaking from the experience of that and uh, the ambition that I have to push this forward. Mentoring uh, would certainly be something I would undertake at a later date, yeah.
0: Now, unfortunately, our time together is starting to draw down uh, to its close. But before uh, we part, I'd like to ask you, um, if I was to ask you to objectively identify the greatest leader, living or dead, who would that be?
1: Uh, I'd say the greatest leader uh, would be probably (laughs) a little bit biased, but I would say Gandhi. Um, And uh, I I say that because... um, he embodies for me uh the most um um non the, the idea of nonviolence and uh garnering, you know uh, the the power of the people through he he he, he just as 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 a is his ethos of uh uh um, uh, spirituality and um, love, I think, was, was sort of shone through. And and um, it, it wasn't a sort of demagogue or or, or or there wasn't a sort of matter element like you have in sort of Trump or something like that. Uh, I like that. Um, the, the, in India, they call it the sadhu, the sort of saint, of, uh, if you like. And uh, yet he galvanized everyone in a political way. So I think for me, it's probably him.
0: Well, Andrew, it's been a pleasure having you on the program today. Um, but before you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask what the next twelve months has in store for Cascon.
1: Well, the next uh, as it was, uh, we have uh, many opportunities coming up. Uh, a lot of sites. We've got our people searching out for development sites, and it means finishing off uh, the one, that, the two units. We've got two fibre and the further than a new build here uh, in uh, in Canterbury and Chillum. Um, <clears throat> um so we're really uh, going to be taking on uh, a number of projects, assuming this all sort of uh, uh, this panic sort of <laughs> slows down in the next two or three months. Um, but uh, as I say, it is a, it is in a little bit imponderable at the moment um, in, in a really positive way. But assuming that happens, that's the way we're going.
0: Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Andrew, and I do hope that you come back on the show when things are a bit more calm outside. Andrew, thank you. No, thank you very much indeed. That was Andrew Horne, Managing Director of Cascon. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with
2: Lord Blunkett. Uh, we're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup Final, so Jeff. First, uh, thank you very much for coming on today.
3: Uh, You're welcome. You're good afternoon. Uh,
2: and perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it, and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times. But when you got out for a duck playing for Essex, uh, Jeff, what was going through your head at the time?
3: <laughs> well, of course, that's not one of the most asked questions I get. Although oh, there, there are one or two people who are very familiar um, uh, who do Google me, realise that I did. Uh, Score nothing for Essex. Uh, My only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in 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 Liverpool. Many many years ago, 1962, I think that was.
2: So I didn't. um,
3: Yes, I I didn't really feel it at the time. It was lucky to be playing, (laughs) I guess. Had one or two injuries, Um, but the problem that I had was was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time being stuck between the two sports.
2: And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's, a, there's a, another world that might exist where um, Sir Geoff Hurst was a, a first class cricketer and not perhaps a, a footballer, but um, whether it's business or cricket or, or football, obviously the importance of leadership, it can't be understated no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham, uh, Jeff, and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made obviously some pretty radical changes. Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him?
3: Absolutely. I mean, he, he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, they quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who um, was played mm-hmm. under him, and uh, I been very successful as a player and a manager over many, many, many years. He and he's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over the years. I guess he would still say that Ron Greenwood is the best coach he had worked with. He'd worked with. So you're very fortunate. I think you you, re, you think you're lucky when you come across if you have a great teacher at school and a great coach, as we had in Ron Greenwood, and of course a great manager in Sir Alf So to come across people like that, that caliber can have a huge influence on your, your career, of course, and, and then your life. And that's, that's quite purely the case.
2: Absolutely. And in those early days, um, at West Ham, uh, with, with a manager like, uh, Ron, uh, there, it's also important to have, uh, uh, confidence with your other players. And of course they become your friends. Who did you look at to at the time? Uh, when to inspire confidence in yourself? Was it more, was it Peters?
3: I think probably, well, I was very fortunate to play with the calibre of the players I did. Again, again, extremely fortunate to play with you know, the captain um, of England and West Ham and Martin Peters, who was a fantastic player. And some, as far as Martin's concerned, I think sometimes he didn't quite get the uh, recognition he deserved and what a wonderful player he was. In terms of inspiring confidence, I always probably say that, the biggest influence uh, for me, I guess, would be the captain Bob Although he was only uh, about eight months older than me, he graduated through the system probably three or four years earlier and played for England in 62, '40 before the final when I played. And so he, he was more, looked at, upon him more as a senior player if you like, not as a, a guy in the same age group as me. And I looked at how he, how he uh, trained, how he acted, how he behaved, and how he played, and so he, he would say, I would also say he was a big influence on me. One thing I would say about leadership, uh, what I do, uh, I do understand clearly, all walks of life, leadership is at the top, is absolutely vital for a, a, for a business, a football team, in any walk of life to be successful. And it's quite evident. I was in the motor trade for a long time as well, selling car warranty to car dealerships, and you could almost tell when you walked into the business in uh, you know, many of the car dealerships, you could almost tell from the moment you walked in by initial reaction, people came and welcomed you that the business was well run or conversely not well run at all. And so I understand the, the value and quality of leadership and that's why I'm very fortunate to be involved with in my career in those early days with two two great leaders in, in Ron Greenwood and, and Al Bramsey.
2: Absolutely. And... Um, uh, since you've already uh, brought him up, uh, Jeff, I think it'd be remiss not to go a little bit further with that. But obviously, uh, after uh, at West Ham, your uh, playing came to the attention of uh, South Ramsey. Now, there's a man I'm sure when you walked into a room, you knew who was um, in charge when it came to managing that England team. What was his style like, Jeff?
3: Well, one thing, the first thing I say about Ramsey, he's probably over my life the most